Hey folks, Sam Whitfield here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report, you can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. God bless. guys welcome to the thursday edition of the audio podcast come one come all sam's savages um i hope you're doing well this week it's been a good week for me uh in some areas in other areas it's been a really rough week um I want to start off the Thursday show by just previewing um, what's going to be on the main show on Saturday. Uh, This weekend, uh, I'll be doing a tribute show for my good friend Leo Stratton. Uh, For those who don't know, Leo Leo Stratton was a citizen journalist. Uh, from Portland, Oregon, who did a lot of work with the uh, Tea Party movement and a lot of the grassroots uh, conservative citizen journalism stuff. He was featured on uh, Infowars and Fox News, or at least his videos were. And uh, he passed away last week uh, in a truck accident in a rig accident and so my friend Dan Sandini who knew Leo he's been a he's been a guest on the podcast before uh, as well he and Leo were both uh, have both been podcast guests before on the Whitfield analysis which is my old podcast um, Dan's going to be joining me on Saturday. Uh, we're going to do a memorial podcast for Leo and uh, trying to answer some questions that people have had about uh, Leo's death. And uh, there are some possible conspiracy theories that this might have been a 
that this might have actually been a hit from uh, Antifa. Um, the police are investigating that. Uh, to my knowledge, there's nothing to substantiate that uh, at this time. But we're going to be talking about Leo's life as a citizen journalist uh, and focusing on more of a celebration of his life on Saturday evening. So uh, that will be available to you guys listening on the audio podcast on Sunday. But as usual, if you'd like to uh, tune in to watch the program, you can do so by searching the Whitfield Report on YouTube and subscribing, and uh, that would really help us out. Uh, this week's podcast, uh, or I, I should say today's episode, is going to uh, focus primarily on the whole Brett Kavanaugh scandal and what's going on there. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll get right into the topic. All right, you savages, let's talk about the uh, confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh. This has gotten way more interesting over the uh, past two weeks, especially with, uh, you know, another possible Me Too incident, uh, you know, looming. Uh, I have to say, just off the top of my head, without really reading anything, uh, I'm, I'm suspicious of this being, you know, a false, of this just being complete and total, you know, bullcrap as, as usual. Um, you know, just because we live in the era of Me Too now, and, uh, you know, ever since November slash December last of last year, it hasn't even been even been a full year yet since the whole Me uh, Too movement thing happened. We've just been getting inundated, and you know it seems like for every one of these that is true, there are like ten more that I that I hear either on Twitter or some blog or you know fake news that are complete and total, well, bullshit, to be honest. Um, I haven't read much on the uh, Kavanaugh accuser until now. What you guys are going to hear me doing, I am literally going to read the headline from Fox News, from what I've found, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read this article from Fox News, and then I'll uh, state to you my analysis of what I'm reading so far. Uh, And by the way, I'm recording this using the uh, Anchor iPhone app and my uh, Beats Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, I know the sound quality isn't uh, great, 
it probably sounds like I, I am coming in over a cell phone. Uh, but, you know, I can't drag the, uh, the, the blue Yeti everywhere. Uh, and plus, there's nowhere for me to put it in my iPad. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a heavy mic. So, you know, bear with me. Anywho, getting on to this uh, Fox News article, uh, headline, Grassley demands Feinstein turnover letter from Kavanaugh accuser. Quote, I cannot overstate how disappointed I am. Ahem. Senate Judiciary Committee committee chairman Chuck Grassley on hang on yeah Supreme Court uh, nominee nominee Brett Kavanaugh faces accusation of sexual misconduct when he was in high school okay um Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley on Wednesday unloaded a torrent of criticism on Senator Dianne Feinstein for her handling of sexual assault accusations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, telling the ranking Democrat on the committee, I cannot overstate how disappointed I am, saying Feinstein saying Feinstein chose, quote, chose to sit on the allegations until a politically opportune moment, end quote, Grassley demanded she immediately turn over an unredacted copy of the letter from Kavanaugh's accuser, Christine Blasley Ford, that that Feinstein received July 30th. Okay, so right there, this proves my point that this, uh, you know, that this accusation uh, is either, you know, bullshit completely or that it doesn't really matter. And they're just using this as political leverage because, folks, Feinstein has had this letter since July. And it's. It's September 20th at the time of uh, when I'm recording this. So, over a month and a half. Back to the article. Feinstein, Democrat from California, shared the letter with federal authorities and other senators only last week. Days before a key Judiciary Committee vote on Kavanaugh's confirmation, after a leak about the letter was published in The Intercept. Republicans have accused Democrats of orchestrating that leak. Oh, so I guess The Intercept is like a magazine or a blog or something. Uh, Grassley, Republican from Iowa, who called the document a significant piece of evidence in Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation process, uh, 
said that despite multiple requests, he still only has access to a, a redacted copy of the letter included in supplemental background materials provided by the FBI to a select group of senators. Okay, so again, folks, this is further proof in my mind that this is another Me Too bullshit scandal. Now, I'm going to keep going reading this article, but uh, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the for the Dems here. It really doesn't. He asserted that he needs the full version of the document in order to prepare, in order to quote, prepare for Monday's hearings, end quote, into the allegation against Kavanaugh. Ford's lawyers strongly suggested in a letter late Tuesday that she won't appear at the hearing until the FBI concludes a quote-unquote full investigation into her claims. Oh, isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient that she won't show up until the FBI, uh, you know, which is totally having a civil war, you know, amongst itself, the the true FBI agents and then, and then the deep state infiltrators right now. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to to get a lot of stuff done. Uh, okay. In a follow-up letter Wednesday, the lawyers, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz, oh, those don't sound like feminists at all, doubled down on that request, even as Republicans characterized it as a stall tactic that did not excuse Ford from providing sworn testimony before the Senate. And the Republicans were at, the Republicans, folks, are absolutely right in this case. Quote, Dr. Ford was reluctantly thrust into the spotlight only two days ago. She is currently unable to go home and is receiving ongoing threats to her and her family's safety, the lawyers wrote. Fairness and respect for her situation dictate that she should have time to deal with this. She continues to believe that a full nonpartisan investigation of the matter is needed and she is willing to, co- to cooperate with the com- committee. Really? Well then, why, well, then why did she allow Feinstein to sit on that letter for, you know, since July? If 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 Ford was really, uh, you know, into transparency and fairness, okay, she she could have sent the letter to Feinstein. There's no, I don't have any problem with her doing that. But she should have also made sure that a Republican, you know, or another senator. had a copy of that letter too, just because we all know Feinstein, you know, had ulterior motives for making this a bombshell, you know, political motivations. So, you know, 
so far, I don't buy that Ford wants to be uh, cooperative, folks. I don't. Okay. Back to the article again. Um, just days ago on Monday, Katz had said that her client was willing to, to testify, telling CBS News, my client will do whatever is necessary to make sure that the Senate Judiciary Committee has the full story in the force of allegations to allow them to make a fully informed decision, end quote. And Banks said in an interview, she will agree to participate in any proceedings that she's asked to participate in. Okay, so that was on that was on Monday, folks, when the lawyers were saying that, yep, our client will do whatever it takes. Okay. Next paragraph. But on Wednesday, the lawyers suggested that more witnesses should be called in order for any hearing to have legitimacy. Earlier in the day, a former classmate of Kavanaugh's said that he had no recollection of any incident at the house party Ford described. Well, another witness who had backed up Ford's account, who had backed up Ford, deleted her account online after inconsistencies surfaced and she admitted that her statements were not based on any first-hand knowledge. So, by the way, folks, this art, I guess for those of you who, who don't know, I just learned this myself. Uh, I guess Kavanaugh was accused of groping this, you know, Ford lady at like a party, at like a high school party back in 1978, you know, 79, when he was in high school himself. So, you know, we're going back a good 40 years, almost. And, uh, okay. Oof, there's a picture of Diane Feinstein. Not a pretty one uh, at all. Th- thank God, folks, you only have to listen to this on uh, audio. Um, the committee state... St- the committee's stated plan to move forward with a hearing that has only two witnesses is is not a fair or good faith investigation. There are multiple witnesses whose names have appeared publicly and should be included in any proceedings. Ford's attorney wrote, "The rush to a hearing is unnecessary and contrary to the committee." Discovering the truth. Yeah, these these lawyers, folks, they I, they just want to buy time because they know they fucked up somewhere, and you know they've got to fix it. Um, sources told Fox News that Senate Republicans aren't the only ones working to get ready for Monday's fact-finding hearing, which appears ready to proceed even without Ford's participation. The White House confirmation team on Tuesday conducted a so-called murder board with Kavanaugh 
to test him with tough questions he might face during his Kavanaugh, that he might face during his testimony. Kavanaugh did well in the session, the sources said, adding that, quote, he was solid. There was no wavering. However, GOP leaders have signaled that there will be no hearing if Ford refuses to show. Quote, if she's not attending, I don't know what the point of going forward would be, said Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn, Republican of Texas, a member of the Judiciary Committee. And, uh, you know, once again, the Republicans and Cornyn specifically here, folks, is absolutely right. Republican senators gave Ford a deadline of Friday to indicate whether she will testify next week. So she has a little bit less than a day, folks. You know, and if, let's see, I'm putting this podcast out on a Thursday. You know, and if you guys are hearing this on, if you guys are hearing this on Thursday afternoon slash evening, all right, she has less than, than a day. If you're hearing this on Friday, you know, today is the day then, if you're listening to, to this on Friday. Uh, okay. Uh, Feinstein appeared to wash her hands of the process in a brief interview outside her son's office with Fox News on Tuesday, saying... Quote, I have no I have no say. I'm the only Democrat. I think it's really too bad that no one called her or her lawyer. Well, okay. But Diane they they did. I mean, the lawyers were saying at first that Ford would be willing to to, uh, you know, testify. They said that on Monday of this week. And then on Wednesday, now they're backpedaling and saying, oh, you know, uh, next week is too soon. We can't have that. No. No, Feinstein, you bitch. You don't get to, uh, you don't get to play that card. Okay. She added, of course she added, this is a woman who, who has been profoundly impacted by this. Now, I can't say everything is truthful. I don't know. Okay, well then, Diane, you can't say that she's been profoundly impacted by this then necessarily either. Because if it's not truthful, then the whole thing is a lie and she hasn't been impacted at all. Uh, but then again, it's Diane Feinstein, who so who's surprised? Uh, top Republicans, going back to the article, top Republicans have said they repeatedly called and emailed for for lawyers, and have offered to fly staffers to California or anywhere else to speak with Ford. They have also offered her either a pu- a public or private hearing 
but I learned back. In his letter Wednesday, Grassley unequivocally dismissed Feinstein's suggestions that her delays were motivated by a desire to protect Ford's identity and suggested that her actions in fact compromised any legitimate desire to preserve her anonymity. Damn right on both counts. Damn right. These allegations could have been raised to me or to Judge Kavanaugh while protecting Dr. Ford's uh, anonymity, Grassley said. Try saying that word five times fast. Had Dr. Ford not made her allegations public via the Washington Post over the weekend, I still want to not know her identity. Absolutely right. None of us would. He continued, these allegations could have been raised both within the last seven weeks and in a way that protected Dr. Ford's anonymity. Instead, you chose to sit the allegation, you chose to sit on the allegations until a politically opportunity, opportune moment. I cannot overstate how disappointed I am in this decision. Uh, okay. President, Tr- President Trump echoed that line of argument Wednesday, even as he encouraged Ford to speak to the Judiciary Committee and said she deserved to be to be heard. Oh, all right, yeah. So, so you know, President Trump is, uh, you know, he's saying that she deserves to be heard, and yet, you know, he's still the biggest misogynist on the face of the earth, according to Love. Right? He's so misogynist. He's saying that. The accuser, uh, you know, should be heard out. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's real misogynistic of President Trump. Okay. Quote: Why did Democrats wait until everything was finished and then bring it up? That doesn't look good. Trump said. Again, he's absolutely right. Uh, also on Wednesday, Grassley sent two other letters. One to Ford's attorneys, urging her to appear at Monday's scheduled hearing into allegations, and another scathing missive to Senate Judiciary Committee Democrats. All right, and the, there's a link. There's a link to that in the article, but I'm not going to go over that. Uh, okay. In those letters, Grassley railed against Democrats abuse of this confirmation process through quote-unquote delay and and obstruction with every argument available. He he reiterated that Monday's hearings would remain on the calendar despite Democrats' objections. Quote, I will view any additional complaints about this process very skeptically, he said. The Judiciary Committee chairman flatly disputed claims by Ford's lawyers that he had requested Kavanaugh to sit at the same table with Ford during Monday's hearings or that he had 
only saw a publicly televised hearings. Instead, Grassley said, Ford was offered the chance to testify privately in a confidential session with Republican senators and staffers without Kavanaugh nearby. Grassley has also repeatedly rejected suggestions by top Democrats and Ford's lawyers that an FBI probe would be appropriate. He specifically dismissed comparisons made by Ford's attorneys to the FBI investigation of Anita's Hill sexual harassment allegations against then-nominee Clarence Thomas in 1991, saying that Hill's allegations were non-public when the FBI conducted a few days of background uh, interviews to assess the validity before forwarding them on to the White House. What Once Hill's allegations became public, Grassley wrote, the Judicial Committee did not request additional FBI assistance. And by the way, folks, uh, Anita Hill, you know, she wrote a, a, a an op-ed on this uh, in the New York Times of all places. Big shocker there. You know, taking uh, taking Ford's side on this. Big shocker there. Um, we are in the same position the committee was in after Professor Hill's allegations were leaked, Grassley said. After that leak, we did not ask the FBI to, to conduct an investigation. Instead, we reopened the hearing and assessed a test, assessed a testimony that was given on our own. Uh, okay, yeah, he's he's damn right on that too. For her part, Hill told PBS New Hour News Hour Wednesday that the Judiciary Committee could not be trusted to probe the accusations against Kavanaugh fairly. Because, quote, oh, this is rich. I doubt they are qualified to carry out an, in, an investigation in a neutral fashion. End quote. Okay, what the fuck? And uh, Diane Feinstein is? Okay. Yeah, you know, this is further proof that this is just a witch hunt against Kavanaugh. Anita Hill... You know, the the person who, the woman who falsely accused uh, Clarence Thomas of sexual assault, one of the first uh, black uh, Republican Supreme Court justices, by the way. You know, she falsely accused him back in, 90, in 91 of sexual assault. And uh, that was discovered. And yet, you know, now she's saying, oh, we should totally... Uh, believe Ford, and by the way, the the committee men are, are are unqualified to carry out in a neutral fashion. Absolutely pathetic. Okay. Uh, on Tuesday, a federal law enforcement officer told Fox News it is totally inappropriate for someone to demand we use law enforcement resources to investigate a 35-year-old delegation when she won't go under oath and can't remember key details, including when or where it happened. 
Jeez. Okay, we're almost at the end of this. Okay. Fox News has learned from a source close to Senator Susan Collins, a moderate considered a potential key swing vote in Kavanaugh's confirmation that she has called the FBI Deputy Director David uh, Bowditch on Wednesday to learn more about the FBI's potential role in the proceedings as part of her quote-unquote due diligence. Meanwhile, Missouri Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill tweeted Wednesday night that she would not vote for Kavanaugh. In her message, she explicitly wrote that his legal rulings in ideology and not the allegations by Ford were the reasons for her decision. Uh, McCaskill is locked in a tight-raced election. Uh... In a red state that Trump won handily in 2016. All right. Uh, okay, so that's the uh, article, folks. All right. So here's the deal. Here's my analysis, folks. Based on this Fox News article, based on the American Watchmen Roundtable podcast that I did last week on the Judge Kavanaugh hearing, this accusation is BS. It's bullshit. Okay. The the lawyers the lawyers cannot substantiate Ford's story. They uh, you know they tried the uh, the quote unquote you know testimony backing up Ford's allegation seems to be complete bullcrap. Okay. Furthermore, and I know this is a controversial statement uh, in today's Me Too society, but we're talking about an incident at a high school party 40 years ago, okay, where supposedly Kavanaugh you know, groped this, uh, you know, Florida woman. Now, let me just tell you, I, I never went to that many uh, rowdy high school parties back in my day. In fact, I, I didn't go to any. I was... I was a nerd and also a Boy Scout, so that was how I occupied my time mostly. But even so, when I was in high school, I will tell you that there were uh, there were wild parties in high school 
where there was a lot more than just like touching going on among you know male and female students i mean hell in the in the halls of the high school during the day guys would slap girls on the ass walking by it wasn't really even like a sexual thing either i mean i'll even admit yes folks i even did it once it, it was it was like a, it was like a joke okay more more or less no one got offended it, it in fact it was funny at times almost okay and again that was back in what i was in high school from 2009 to 2000 you know 13 so you know i understand that i'm now ancient and i'm not living in the mid to era anymore either but point being high school kids do weird stuff like like that not only that but like or not men are attracted to women men are attracted to women's boobs and uh you know there there's there's that meme uh there's this meme floating around on the on the internet um and i it's i might even put it as the cover for this week's bonus podcast it's a it's a meme basically of of a two-year-old uh well it's not even kids not even two years old it's a picture of a of like a a baby obviously a, a boy who he's he's one and he's He's in the arms of a, of a waitress at Hooters, and, you know, he, he's groping the Hooters waitress. And uh, the caption says something along the lines of, uh-oh, looks like little Johnny won't be headed to the Supreme, just, uh, you know, just uh, axed his... Uh, chances of becoming a politician or a Supreme Court justice in the future, you know, despite the fact that the kid is probably not even a full year old. I mean, and you know, it's a parody, but honestly, this is how this is how insane and uh, you know, just downright destructive the me the Me Too movement has become i and i I said this from the beginning i've i've said this since last year in referring to the me too movement the me too movement should have been confined to harvey to harvey weinstein okay do you remember because do we remember how the harvey weinstein thing happened first that first that one actress came out then other actresses said me too okay to harvey weinstein's thing 
And that was how that cookie crumbled, okay? That was the legit purpose of Me Too, okay? Then once they started expanding it into, uh, you know, a big political thing after they went after Louis C.K. and whatnot, that, you know, they gradually expanded Me Too, and now Me Too has just become, well, this guy might have said something like, you know, slightly sexual to me one time, and that's the same as, you know, what Harvey Weinstein did. Okay, no, it's not. Okay, but this is how just a, totally abused and how totally deformed Me Too has become. And it, it's sad, okay, because there are legit, there are legit uh, sexual assault victims. There are legit rape victims that should be heard. But maybe it's not a good idea to, you know, to make sexual assault into a whole big social movement. And, uh, you know, furthermore, maybe Democrats, you know, or Republicans for that matter, maybe they shouldn't be, maybe the politicians shouldn't be using this to uh, push political agendas, Dianne Feinstein. How about that? So, yeah, this Christine Ford thing is BS, uh, and I'm I'm glad I covered it today because now I don't have to on Saturday. Anywho, uh, it's time to wrap up the show, so let's do that. Folks, that will do it for the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report. I want to thank you so much for uh, tuning in to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, As always, you can visit the uh, Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report. And if you like the podcast and you want to uh, continue supporting us, uh, please consider supporting the show uh, with listener support. Uh, Hit that button and support us for a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. And you can even use Apple and Android Pay uh, as usual. Yes, and we would greatly appreciate that. Um, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. As I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Dan Sandina will be joining me Saturday evening for the big show, the main show, um, on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on my YouTube channel, and uh, we'll be commemorating the memory of friend of show and citizen journalist and all-around patriot Leo Stratton. So uh, it's going to be a very somber show, yet a very, uh, I I think it's going to be good. We're going to try and stay positive and honor Leo's memory. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. And if you're uh, interested, like I said, tune in for that. 
and uh, more details about the stream to come. And with that, folks, I am out of here for uh, the Thursday edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, uh, please share with a friend and uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. From all of us here at NGC Studios, good night, uh, God bless, and God save this great nation.